0: Really what he needs to do is leapfrog.
1: from
0: all-time Takes a big Highline drive down the line. You have entered our drive. Hi, 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 hi. High podcast. G'day and welcome to The Highline, this week's Tahiti Pro special. We'll have a chat about Owen Wright and Gabby Medina in the final, talk about yellow jerseys and gath hats making a comeback for everybody, the Hobgood superheat, what's happening with the Big Wave World Tour, and we'll also predict the winner of the Freshwater Pro. The welcome to The Highline, this week, number six, talking about Tahiti Pro. This week I've got with me young Nicholas Clifford. How are you?
2: G'day mate. Yeah, really good
1: thanks. Yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm doing fine. And uh, also got Luke Wynn on the other line. How you doing this week, Lukey?
1: Hola. Pretty good. How you guys doing?
0: Fantastic. Thanks,
1: mate. Sensational. Thanks, mate. Yeah.
0: Tahiti Pro. Good waves. Good winner. Good times. Good times. Could we ask for anything more? Owen Wright taking the win uh, over Gabby Medina in the final there let's just jump straight into it uh start with, start with you luke what did you make of the the event and the final in particular
1: oh man the final was pretty damn good owen out gabby gabby which was so sick it looked like owen was gonna sit and wait at the start and then he just got hungry and started getting busy and gabby ended up sitting and waiting and nothing came through
0: like you said owen out gabby and gabby i think that's uh it's a rare thing that happens on tour these days and it's, uh, I suppose it's good to know that it can be done. I'll go to you now, Nick. What did you make of it? Uh, same perspective or do you do you see it a little bit differently?
2: No, I reckon that final was pretty sick, to be honest. The gaff gave him a bit of supernatural powers there, stopped his hair getting blown off any further. But what I sort of thought was pretty cool in that final was that inside bowl that he got the first good score, I think, on. Um, we saw that Tahitian wildcard. Harley Vass, or is, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I'm no expert. He 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 did the same thing in the earlier rounds where it was like the smaller ones, but they doubled up and drained on the sort of reef. That was a sick wave, and that I reckon that's what got him that heat. It sort of Medina didn't even look at it. Kind of did what Clohe did, and all of a sudden Owen was in charge. I loved it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I know what you mean. It got kind of halfway through that final, and it looked like it was sort of slipping away from Owen a little bit there until he, he scrounged around on the inside. And it's not even really like it was a much smaller wave. It just seemed to hit the reef perfectly. And uh, those those bigger scores, especially for that final, where it did get a little bit slower, uh, it was just golden for him. And, I mean, super, super stoked to see Owen take the win there. Uh, he said it himself, it's, a, it's an event where he's always wanted to win it and just to see him be able to do it. He was obviously pretty emotional, but, uh, I mean couldn't be happier for the guy uh and obviously doing it in in great style as well coming from behind in the final um there's not much more really that you you would want to do for for taking out your dream event i think uh what do you make of gabby uh he's surfing through the event was we say it a lot it was terminator like <laughs> he um it looked like he wasn't gonna back down even when he was behind in the final you kind of always felt like he was gonna have you know a response but what do you make of his surfing throughout the event, there, Nick? Um, I know you you watched a lot of his heats and a lot of waves to digest. Uh, he was kind of vintage Gabby, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, that that round of sixteen that he had, and he got like I think that ten and the nine one six or
0: nineteen point two three total. Yeah. Uh,
2: when he surfed that heat, I uh, I was just thinking to myself, "Holy shit, here we go!" But after that, he sort of Was either in the sleeper heats or didn't really get much action. That sort of seemed to be... He sort of fell to the Slater trap where you have the massive heat score and then just couldn't find any rhythm with the ocean after that. And I I feel like I always thought he was going to win, but looking back, that was probably the heat of the event. And then for him, that was all he could kind of find out there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, after that round of 16 uh, heat that he had, which was obviously that huge score... Posted two heats in the eleven point total, just lucky to come up against Jeremy who was who only really had the one wave. Uh, and, and Seth in the semi and you look at Owen's sort of points totals throughout the event and consistency was definitely his, his strong point. He was able to find a lot of good waves and I think for him he just froths on surfing that that wave so much that it's gotta help just going out there and, and knowing you know the lineup and, and you know you're gonna get some waves. Luke, I'll, I'll switch over to you now. Uh, that performance by Owen, do you think that's something that'll... Not, I won't say turn his year around, but do you think it'll be something that spurs him on to, to hopefully string a few results together and get back in that title chase?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I reckon it will turn his year around. I heard him do a few interviews on Triple J and ABC Radio the week after. He seems like he's in such a good headspace. Like he's really recovered from his injury, and he's absolutely frothing to get more results and keep gunning for a title. So I reckon the sky's the limit. It's great to see him back in absolute domination.
0: Yeah, and I suppose we've we've got to segue this into Nick already mentioned at the gaths. Uh, a like relatively high amount of gath hats out there, like helmets, a couple of different colors. They were uh, they were getting results. It's good to see.
2: Jesus, it was good to see. You, you know what? Looking at Owen and him wearing a hat after well, him wearing a helmet after all these little troubles there, I take my hat off to him. I think that was a good call by him. It, if he thought that might have given him that extra ten percent confidence to throw himself over the ledge, it, it paid off. Like we saw Jeremy win it in a gaff after his head knock, and then Owen win it with after a head knock. Could this be something we see heaps more of, like snowboarding? Like, Will people start wearing the gaff? <laughs> I don't know if I could rock one.
0: Proven by results. Remember that campaign that FCS went on in like 2015 or 2016 when every single tour event was won on, a, on an FCS? I'm just waiting for that advertising campaign to come out by gaff.
2: Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> I can feel it. It's
0: coming. Uh, let's have a chat about the waves. The, the start of the, the waiting period was a little bit smaller, affected by wind a little bit, especially throughout the day. And uh, I don't think it was until that swell really filled in that everyone kind of got the idea of, you know, we, we were kind of in for what was going to be a special day or two of, of really, really good waves. Like, like we said before, the event, Chopes is awesome when it turns it on. Uh, who impressed you in, in the swell, Luke? I, I know we, we lost a few people before it got a bit bigger, but who impressed you when it was a bit bigger?
1: Yeah, so the swell picked up. In round three, there was some impressive, super impressive results come through in that round. I thought Griffin Colapinto, he looked real tentative at the start of his heat and then by the end of his heat, he was taking off on nuggets and getting eights and nines. Like you could see something clicked in him. He got his first eight or nine, I think it was, and uh, he come flying out the barrel and he was just screaming his head off. He was that stoked and it just seemed like that one wave kind of kind of got the ball rolling for him where he was like, okay, I feel comfortable out here now. And then the other person would be Freestone taking down Slater in round three. That was super impressive as well. You would not pick that result. And Jack was jacking into waves, no hands under the lip and coming flying out. It was pretty epic. Yeah, that was two pretty amazing performances in the early rounds for me and that was those two
0: yeah definitely just just on that note of of the freestone slater heat i don't know about you guys i think it's almost it's pretty straightforward surfing against kelly out there when it's big because you only have one option and it's to go the sets you're not going to outsmart him you're not going to you're not going to out barrel ride him The, the only way you can beat him is by taking off on the biggest and best waves of the sets and that's what we saw jack do and i think that's something that it definitely paid off for him. It was impressive to see him pull that off. And it's something you're always going to have on your, your resume as being able to beat Slater. Uh, but I think, yeah, he, he kind of just had that that one option, which was which was lucky. I think that's probably the best type of waves you want to surf against Kelly in almost.
2: He definitely didn't outsurf Kelly. He was just on the better waves. Yep. That was the only way he got a, got a nod there. It was almost like that no-hand pull-in was the only way you knew how to get backhand barreled (laughs) yeah it wasn't intentional it was just like shit this is my only way to do it but it made it more gnarly it was like oh man he's got no hands into these things (laughs) that was psycho
0: yeah yeah well i mean as far as a backhand barrel ride goes there's not too many ways to to mix it up i suppose so you've got either grabbing the rail grabbing both rails if you want or no hands is kind of the the steezier option that you see John John do it and he's been getting scores doing it for years so I mean well done to Jack I, I kind of would love to have seen him get a few more waves in his next round but it's just kind of the way it goes and the same thing could have happened in that Haiti surf against Slater um, looking back a little bit earlier in the event uh, Nick I, I think there's one name I can see there that that was eliminated in round two that I think is just such a massive shame because the waves got bigger. Um, Matai Drillet, like, I think if he had an opportunity to surf when it was bigger, he would have absolutely destroyed some of those dudes out there.
2: Those Tahitians are scary. Yeah. It, it's like the spot where you draw a wild card and you almost wish you are a mid-seed so you didn't have to verse any Tahitians for a while. Yeah. Especially when the waves get that good. I mean, he's a psycho in barrels. They all are. I don't know what they'd be like if it was you know three foot beachy but those guys know that wave better than anyone and we saw that you know this year which was kind of cool to watch a tahitian just show everyone how far local knowledge can kind of go out there yeah especially on a shifty peak where it wasn't a perfect swell i mean i don't know about you boys but the other person that really impressed me was coyote belly he obviously spent some time there this year and when it got big he stepped up he got some massive scores i thought his surfing was pretty impressive
0: Mm-hmm yeah, that's that's a good point. We'll we'll go on to um Kayo in a little bit. I just want to ask Luke the same question. Was there anyone that you saw that uh got knocked out probably a little bit sooner than what you you would have expected?
1: Yeah, I would have gone with the same as you, Matahi. I had him in my fantasy team and it was just disappointing that those waves weren't there in the first two rounds. But back to another impressive guy in round three was Adriano taking down Italo. Well, actually, that's the other guy that would be a bit of a disappointment for not making it further would be Italo, but Adriano stepped it up and got pitted out of his brain, so yep. not much you can do when that happens.
0: Well, that I can tell why you're disappointed with Italo losing him being your pick to win the event, so <laughs> going down a little bit prematurely, but that heat against Adriano is is one of the two heats I wanted to to try and dissect and for the reason that I thought Idlow was cruising through that I thought he had it in the bag he had like three eights he was throwing away excellent scores and then out of nowhere D'Souza got a bomb and then he had a backup and, and he was in the lead and it looked like uh, Idlow had no chance even though he's only sort of a point behind he just looked like there was no chance of him kind of catching catching de souza and i think that's a a big result for him as far as the world title race goes but for a guy who's started to really prove himself in waves like this i think it's a bit of a missed opportunity for him that being said it's so hard to beat somebody who's amassing a 17 point total um i don't know what did you see in that that heat, luke you obviously watched it pretty pretty closely because your boy was in it but what um how did you see it unfold
1: yeah it just seemed like Idolo was cruising to a comfortable victory. He looked super sharp, got some proper nuggets. But then Adriano just got super lucky at the end with that nine-pointer and shut the door on him. That nine was just a next-level set that just kind of came out of nowhere and D'Souza was in the right spot from deep over the foam ball. Yeah, it was sick.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think that's why... I know it's why I love watching Chopes so much is because you can have those heats where it looks like somebody's in control and then it can all change so quickly because of the waves you can see and because of how close the takeoff is to where you kick out. Uh, the other heat we had to, to chat about was verse versus Connor. Another heat where, like you said, Nick, Kaio being a standout for you, whether he, he got a bit lucky in this heat or not, he still... He still got the waves and he still got the nod on Connor who was looking really commanding. Um, what you, do what'd you make of those scores? I know Barton almost fell off his chair when that 9-5 came through for Kyo but do you think it was warranted?
2: It was weird, this event, where they sort of were really happy to throw 7, 8, and 9, weren't they? I, I didn't really watch that heat, to be honest with you, that, that closely. I saw Connor get that nice one and I sort of thought he'd shut the gate, so I walked off and did other stuff. <laughs> and then came back and was like, "Oh, what?" Yeah, um, I was a bit of a Barton when I saw the result, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, that that for me, I think was like you said that the judges a bit more open to throwing higher scores out, out there. Like we've we've talked a little bit in the last after the last few events about how the judges were a bit scared of going to that sort of mid to excellent range, and bridging that gap. And it's like they missed that mid-range in this event so guys were either getting really small scores or they were getting you know eights and nines and I, I guess that is the type of wave that that chopu is um but you do see a lot of those heats where like the idlo heat with the Souza, where you can you can have some really high scores and and you know you could probably almost have lose. the heat of your life and still lose well we
2: saw that i i just wanted to bring up one other heat that i really enjoyed the whole event i think it was my favorite heat was the owen oh, right michelle Berez. um round of 16 now that heat was psycho like owen had a 967 Berez had a 943 they both had high not eights for backups like losing with an 18 point total must suck <laughs> that would be the hardest loss y- you can't say you had a shit heat and you come in and you've still lost. That yeah. was an awesome heat to watch. They both just trading massive scores. That was my favorite heat of the event. The swell was pulsing. Everyone was sort of fired up. And and Owen was just sort of dominating. But Brez, I don't know. I don't take him as seriously. Even though he's a Tahitian, I don't take him as seriously out those sort of thick, chunky ways. But he just proves that he can get the job done when he needs to.
0: Well, I think you're right in this, in not taking him seriously out there being Tahitian like you said you'd expect him to be good especially at chopu but his results out there haven't indicated horrendous yeah like i don't know if it's just the pressure or if you know
2: well he's not he's not from that part of tahiti exactly yeah
0: that's that's the thing that a lot of people do forget is that tahiti's a lot smaller than than what you know, you picture it to be to, to think because everybody goes there just to surf yeah. Chopi, but there's so many other waves there.
2: It's like saying the Brazilian home event. The guys are a thousand kilometers away from yeah. from the beach. Like they don't know what's going on there as much as the next
0: guy, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Luke, wh- what do you think Berez could be doing to to improve? Uh, just take his surfing to that next level, out Chopi. Do you think it's just circumstance, or is it, or is it a bit of a you know a bit of a voodoo type of thing?
1: Yeah, I'd say kind of a voodoo kind of thing. He, uh he did lose with an eighteen point total, and he also got absolutely flogged in that heat on a crazy wipeout. And he's had some pretty gnarly wipeouts there in the past, and broken bones and stuff. So I don't know. He he charges like he takes on pipe pretty well, and he takes on he takes chokes on well too. So I think it's just just a voodoo thing some kind of
0: voodoo (laughs) (laughs) we're all in agreement there it sounds like (laughs) it doesn't matter what magic we're agreeing on but uh speaking of voodoo yes
2: felipe again got he he can't find any good voodoo in big waves still i don't think
0: yeah i mean being able to make it making it to the round of 16 and losing to seth there's there's nothing wrong with that his heat totals weren't spectacular throughout the event
2: i mean we're putting him in a world title conversation yeah you know like let's just put him in as he's probably the best small wave surfer in the world at the moment yeah but 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 for a world title like he it just went to show this happened a few years ago just went to show you know he's still not quite there in big waves and there's nothing wrong with not being the best in big waves but you know seth's a rookie i know he grew up in hawaii and everything but seth fully showed him how it's done out there even in just positioning in the lineup.
0: Yeah. No, I think I think that's a good point and like you said, I think if he wants to be which he said he wants to be a part of that world title race and he's actively been in there the last couple of years and it's these results and it's not just him, there's there's other guys which uh, which kinda needed a result here to almost prove themselves, such as Kanoa, where the good thing about it is it spread out the the leaderboard a lot more, where there's a lot more surfers in contention now or at least further up into the top 10 and that that points gap is a bit closer but those type of guys who excelled earlier in the year almost all of them struggled out here
2: yeah 100% which went to show you know you can be the best zappiest small wave guy in the world but sometimes it, you're sort of born with big figs you don't sort of grow them and that sort of went to show with Kanoa and with, with Felipe
0: which I suppose leads to the question is there is there benefit in being the best small wave surfer in the world when the waves aren't always gonna be small? And then you've got guys who are so good when it's big and heavy, like Jeremy, he's almost locked to be making, you know, the quarters or better in, in pipe and chopes and those heavier waves. There's not really somebody who does it all. Like I know there's guys that come close, like John John comes close, but his small wave surfing is still nowhere near Philippe.
2: Gotta say, Gabby yeah
0: gab gabby's probably the only one that comes close and i think that's why you see a lot of those guys in the middle of the pack that are that are able to break into that top 10 guys guys that you wouldn't really expect to be there just based on their consistency in a range of conditions and that's someone uh speaking of uh you know seth menese i think he can kind of fill that role where he's got a lot of room to grow in his surfing i was really impressed with with what he was able to do out here and uh, I've kind of been a pretty big advocate of him so far this year and his results haven't been as good as what I've wanted him to be or as, as I've been playing him up to be. But I think he's on his way. He's got all the ingredients to kind of make it there. What, what do you think, Luke, about, about Seth? And is there anyone else you can see in that sort of conversation?
1: Yeah, Seth's incredible. You, wouldn't, you would not pick him to be complete all-rounder in big waves, long wally points chunky barreling waves like he's going for everything even can dominate at huntington so (laughs) it's pretty damn impressive another guy that i would put in that mix would be italo he got unlucky at Chopes, but we've seen what he can do in big hollow waves and his small wave game's insane too so i i'd look to him to really bounce back in the pool he's got that acrobatics and and philippe and gabby again have a bloody blood bath in that pool <laughs> can to just say butt bath <laughs> have a bubble bath yes. in yes
0: no i i think that's definitely a good call someone i do want to bring up right now is geordie smith uh what do we make of his progression through the comp making it to the semis for for geordie out chopes i think he is slightly ever so slightly underrated out out waves like chopu but I think he He kind of mix He runs that line Of getting a lot of luck And, and also Kind of knowing What to do he, he takes those Safe risks And it kind of Pays off Like a, a Semi-final result Here is great Moving on
2: When he came up Against Julian I, I must admit I just looked at it And thinking Two of my Favourite surfers Of all time And they're the Two most Disappointing surfers <laughs> I've had of all time yeah. <laughs> Who can choke The hardest out Chopes Julian, Julian took the cake yeah. Obviously But yeah. I mean, is Jordy, always that guy that everyone rode off, and I think his back in tube riding, just wasn't quite there. I think it's there. I just don't think he kind of has the prowess to get the right waves out there sometimes. I think he just gets hooked on those waves that don't quite have the longer west sort of section. He goes the shorter ones almost, and I think that's what sort of caught him out when he got a little bit further on down the event, just didn't get the same read as everyone else maybe. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I agree with that, and I mean, moving up into second position now is is a, a big jump for him. He's one of the bigger movers on the leaderboard, uh, moving up four spots. So, I think a result like this is one of those unexpected ones where it's gonna, it's it's a really good addition to his totals. He's got you know three thirds now, and they're all definitely keepers. Um, going along with the second and the fifth, so he's in a good position going into the the you know final four events and. The only thing that I think he's he's probably going to struggle at the next event in the pool. He's just
2: too big for the pool.
0: Yeah, and I think that is the the problem with the pool format is it does disadvantage those big guys a lot. But uh, I mean, we'll I'm sure we'll cover the the freshwater pro a lot. So um, yeah. I do want to talk about the Hobgood Super Heat. <laughs> I was so excited for this and was fairly let down, but. I think you've got to remember that these guys are both retired and they're not at the top of their game anymore. The fact that they were able to go out there when it was still solid and put on a decent enough show was great.
2: I think Slater summed it up pretty well in the commentary booth.
0: I know what you're going to (laughs) say.
2: CJ doesn't even live near the ocean anymore. (laughs) He lives in Ohio, (laughs) He doesn't doesn't even surf. (laughs) I know you're a CJ fan, Brett. Oh, I love him. What about you, Winnie?
1: Yeah, I'm a massive fan of those boys. They've got great style, but I was completely unaware that he's not living near the coast. That's so weird.
2: If you had to pick one, is it Damo or CJ? CJ. Uh, I'm a Damo fan. 2v1. Oh, up Damo. What
0: do you see in Damo that you don't see in CJ?
2: He won a big Wave World Tour event. CJ. That's
0: about it. CJ won a world title. Let's not go into it. <laughs> <laughs> world title. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, It was sick that they actually got some swell for that heat as well. It did get really slow in it, but... Uh, I think it's Yeah, Damo it, got a sick one in that
2: heat. Yeah. Like, he, he got the only good one of the heat and then yeah. that set was too big and that was the end of the heat, basically.
0: Yeah, that's it. But they're, I think, the the type of... Uh, that's, they're not calling that one a heritage heat, are they? But uh, that, they're the type of heats that I love seeing and I want to see them do mm. a little bit more of. I think, like they did with the Oki Curran heat, and it's something where you're not going to be getting the best surfing and the rivalry's never going to be the same as what it was, but... It just adds that that little bit extra. I think that as surfing is becoming more of a NFL, NBA type of sport, it's you still need to keep that character in there. And the history of surfing is one thing that does make it so special. So seeing more events like that would be great. Uh, in which case, who are you putting in the the Freshwater Pro Heritage Heat? Is it Kelly and Raymana on the jet skis?
2: Have a have a duel on the jet skis, <laughs> jousting, <laughs> joust on the
0: skis. <laughs> um, Gerlach and
2: someone like a like a hoyo or something like Pots.
0: that <laughs> yeah who would you like to see, luke as far as heritage heats go you can choose any two surfers from any point in time who, who are you going with and a wave
1: and any wave oh man that's a doozy um what about craig ando and andy irons at g land two insane left-hand barrel riders at probably the best left on the planet pretty next level
2: can we put Sean Kensdell in somewhere <laughs> 10 years Parker and Fanning <laughs> w- where would Sean Kensdell fit in where can we put that guy like I, I don't know where um, I saw his name come up this week somewhere I saw him I thought yeah shit he was one of my all-time favorite goofies Sean
0: Kensdell can surf against Mick Campbell out Fiji followed by a greased-up wrestle on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Campbell's winning that so easily. <laughs> I would pick... Uh, the Wave is going to be terrible, terrible Huntington, and I'm going to pick um, Bobby Martinez and Kanoa Igarashi. Actually, no, Zeke Lau.
2: For a fight on the beach? or <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, just to see what happens. I think it would be very interesting.
2: Bobby would strangle him with his leg rope. <laughs>
0: It uh, depends how many circles Zeke's going to paddle around him, but let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's have a look at the, the rankings. Uh, Philippe Toledo, number one in the world, wearing the, the yellow uh, leader jersey, not going to be sharing it with half the field like uh, Kolohe had to do in Tahiti. Uh, we already touched on Geordie Smith up in a second, and Kolohe is down into third. The uh, other, other mover, Gabby Medina, up to fourth. Um, moved up three spots, obviously getting ahead of John John there and Italo. Um, he's in a good position going forward, don't you think, Luke?
1: Yep, the back half of the year—it's his favorite part of the year in all the competitions that he usually dominates. Kind of lucky that he's not any further up after Chope's at the moment. Yeah, Owen taking that ten thousand points off him. So I'm just got to wait and see what happens in the pool and see if somebody else can stifle his run in the back half of this season
0: well i think we can lock down a first place for either gabby or Philippe in the pool at the moment so
2: it's hard to lose for gabby in the pool very hard he's a goofy footer i was
0: going he's the only person you said this the other day nick he's the only person that can surf the left properly and that yeah. is such a huge advantage over there
2: yeah if you can go left out the pool you're gonna win it
0: yeah um looking a bit further down the the rankings we've got Italo in sixth Kanoa down to seventh after that that strong start he had earlier in the year um, Owen is up to eighth moving up four spots and, and Seth up to ninth he's jumped up five spots and still hanging on to the top ten Kelly Slater the one and only how do you see this top ten looking by you know in the next two events time so you know you're going to be looking at the pool which I think we've already kind of cancelled a few events in and and looking a bit further ahead do you see a bit of change going through there nick
2: i can't see the top 10 changing from here unless julian breaks through and replaces maybe seth or someone like that but like i can't see it changing very much coming forward just just with the back half of the year who's in there and who, who's been ripping too? i think it's a pretty solid top 10
0: yeah any thoughts on the top 10 at the moment luke any, anyone surprising you? Anyone getting you pumped?
1: Not really. The pool's just such an anomaly. Kind of puts a jar on who you think could get a roll into the back end of the year, like other than Gabby. But most of the guys in the top 10 will probably do well in the pool. Like Kanoa will do well. Kolohei, I reckon, will do pretty well. He'll look to bounce back and he's got pretty good moves in that tight little pocket of the pool. And Jordi... I know he's pretty big for the pool, but in that Founders' Cup, he was on the winning team and he got some pretty good ones in that Founders' Cup, so he could figure it out.
2: Before we just run straight to the pool, because I'm itching at the bit to talk about it, but I just want to throw that one question that kind of got thrown around when Tatiana got that good run out, Chopes just before it all wrapped up. Do you reckon the, the chicks should be at Chopes as well? Now it's all equal pay and equality and everything like that. What do you, what do you reckon on
0: that? We we touched on this beforehand. Um, I I would love to see them out there. Just so I I think a majority of the girls on that tour can surf that wave. I don't know how they would go when it's bigger. Like we've obviously seen plenty of girls that that have surfed it when it's bigger and, and get some really impressive waves, waves that so many guys wouldn't be anywhere near. Um, so I don't think it's a matter of, I don't think it's a, so much a matter of their, their skill level. I would be more concerned with the windows that you get for a swell at chopes always seem to be so small. And if you're trying to run two events, it's someone's going to get stitched up and it's yeah. going to be the chicks. And
2: It's not a place you want to get stitched up at.
0: No, it's not the type of wave where you want to go and, and you know try and do three turns over a shallow reef. Mm. So as much as I would love to see them perform out there, I think for the sake of knowing that they're not going to get the type of waves that they probably deserve to be put in um, means that it's probably, it would be a bit redundant. I don't know. Luke, how do you feel about this? Like it's, it's one thing that we've talked about a little bit, especially with the whole equal pay being, being such a prominent feature coming into this year. I mean, would you like to see them out, out there?
1: Yeah, I still want to see them out there, but yeah, like you were saying, it's tough to get through all those rounds in one swell window. They would probably have to split the window if they wanted to do it. I mean, they can do. They did that with Cloudbreak a few years ago, sending the girls there a few weeks early. I mean, it's possible. And even with the overlapping format, having two heats in the water at one time, they can they can get through events a lot quicker. Maybe they can it that way too
0: All in agreement, Nick You brought the question out. You feel the same
2: Yeah I'd love to see chicks At four foot chokes Yeah I'd be scared for their life At eight foot chokes But I'd, I'm scared for Philippe's life At eight foot chokes Well so, that's I mean it's It's a scary wave There's no doubt about it But yeah I think Chicks like Tyler Wright and, and those girls could Do serious damage out chokes I think they're ready for it And yep. well, I sort of agree with Luke Where Yeah maybe they could do A split window Or make it a three week window Instead of two So they can kind of Maybe give him a go out there.
0: Yeah. That's an option. I'll put it forward to the commissioner if you'd like.
2: Thanks,
0: mate. All right. Um, looking down the rankings a little bit more, uh, the most impressive set of results there would have to be Ricardo Christie uh, sitting down there in 31st spot. Uh, he's had seven 17th places, uh, which you, we were talking about consistency before, and that Consistently is Consistently the 17th best. Yeah. Uh, which it's going to be hard for him to recover from here, which sucks because I know I, I love watching him surf. A lot of people do love seeing that mop on tour, uh, impressive going back above the cut line. Um, not so much impressive based on his, his surfing talents, but just good to see him kind of be able to, uh, really put his head down and make the most of his wildcard opportunity is, is going back to Kiowa belly, um, sitting up in 18th, putting himself in a really strong position to qualify for, for next year. Um, I don't think there's many people that that would disagree with the fact that he's had an opportunity and, and, you know, made the most out of it.
2: Yeah, he's had a lot of bad results there. But, man, when he seems to switch on and when he's really hungry and he knows he needs a result, classic Brazilian and just gets the result.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's something, obviously, at this stage in the season, everybody, well, not everybody, but almost everybody's starting to get their two throwaway results as as a part of their you know their their complete total the only person that sort of the way that I'm looking at the rankings on on the WSL website is the way I don't know about you guys when I look at the 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 boxes that are just white I just assume are a bad result and the only person that's only got one of those is Philippe so obviously putting him in a in a really strong position um, especially when you, you kind of look down and down to sixth place and that's where everyone starts to get three bad results so you're obviously taking you're taking one of those 17ths into your final season sort of tally whereas Philippe's only got the one of them so you, you've got to say Philippe despite despite kind of missing a chance here a ninth is still a, a points result for him it's not a 17th or, or a 33rd which I think he'll probably count it as a, as a success and hopefully be able to move on throughout the year.
2: I think he needed a fifth there, I think that ninth will come back to horn him. He's got to carry one of them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like you were just saying, if you're looking at those results, geordie has got some really solid scores. If he finds a win coming into the back half, if Clohe could just make a maiden victory, again he can start dropping some good results. And I don't really want to keep talking about Gabby, but he's a terminator. Yeah. So he, he's obviously got good results.
0: Yeah. No, we um we definitely definitely know that. Is there anyone that I suppose we've talked about guys like Ricardo who are down in 31st, is there anyone around that cut line or just below that cut line that you expect to, to kind of jump up in the next couple of events? I'm looking at Griffin, I'm looking at, at Freestone, and I'm looking at Iago as, as guys who can potentially jump into that that top 21 or 22, sorry. In which case, who are three you see falling out of the, the, the top there? Uh,
2: I reckon Ace could be in a bit of trouble this year. I reckon sea bass is gone, and also it's hard to kind of it's kind of hard to tell. But I'll be interested to see who gets the injury wild card because one of those guys has got to go between um, Adriano, Illo, uh, not Idlo, Leonardo and Mikey. One of those guys has got to go. It'll be interesting to see where where those guys get the wild card.
0: Yeah, I think Adriano will get a wild card, hundred percent, and I think. Leonardo will get a wild card.
1: What about you, Winnie? Who's getting the injury wild card out of those three guys? This is
0: the real race we want to see. Yeah.
1: It's like a game of chess now with uh, Leo and Mikey, I reckon, on whoever comes back first. And I think Mikey's just going to sit out the full year and just try and play the long game where Leo might come back early for the last couple of events or something and then that might put his wild card into a bit of jeopardy.
0: Mm. You'd think Leonardo would be coming back at least for, I mean, I don't know how bad his injury, how long it's going to be keeping him out for, but if there was an event for him to come back to, it would probably be Yep, being the place he spends the most amount of time. It's basically his home event, whereas Mikey doesn't really have an event that he needs to show up to or, or would like to.
2: I mean a back is a lot easier to sit out with than it is with a shoulder.
0: Yeah. I'm not
2: saying anyone's faking it, but when your career's on the line, no, <laughs> uh, when your career's on the line, you got to play the cards as well, you know. We, we've seen that before with guys not coming back just purely because they know they'll get the injury wild card, yeah. And that makes sense, your career's on the line. I mean, it'll be interesting Leonardo surfed more events than Mikey so far. So, I mean, maybe they'll give it to Mikey because he's been injured for longer.
0: I don't know and the real injury question is where do we think John John's going to be sitting at the end of the year where, where is he going to be placed obviously he's not competing for the rest of the season where do you see him falling in Luke
1: he'll probably still be I reckon he'll be around 10 ranked number 10 that's impressive <laughs> he'll still probably qualify for the
2: Olympics he's 10,000 points ahead of the other two one of yep. those guys has still got to make 10,000 points to be ahead of John John. Yeah, that's Slater and Seth. Yeah, that's a lot of points s- to make up. That'd be intense if he makes the Olympics. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, just staying on John John, I was talking to someone earlier this week, and they were asking me if I thought that John John actually had a great start to the year, or if he kind of had a couple lucky results here and there, and um, is. His position so far up with that many points was almost a little bit false. I know it's hard to think back that far, but was he as in a commanding position, I think obviously points wise he was in a commanding position, but surfing wise and, and kind of results and performance wise, do you think he was in in as a commanding position as his points maybe suggested?
1: Yep. That performance at Bells was psycho <laughs> and, and Margaret Marg's.
0: Yeah. The, the counterpoint to that was how, how good Gabby was looking at Bells too.
2: Yeah, I think he was going to get reined in. I don't think he was going to piss a world title in. No way. But now looking at Chopes, they had really good swell. So, I mean, unless he got absolutely done over by Huey, he probably would have had a, not a bad result there. He would have been in the hunt. It's a bit of a shame because it probably would have been a really good battle between Gabby and John just trying to get the world title. And, and it's a bit of a shame but it'll happen anyway for him I yeah. don't think he was as commanding as what everyone was making out to be there's always a bit of bit of fairy dust around John he's yeah. a bit of a mystical creature
0: yeah. <laughs> the unicorn of the CT uh, alright let's move on to your favourite Nico Freshwater Pro coming up in uh, when is that coming up actually? I think
2: it's the 17th of September it starts
0: 17th. Okay, so not too far away we obviously know that Gabby's going to win it, but uh, by how much?
2: Combination situation, maybe?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't had a look into the, the actual format of of what they're doing for the Freshwater Pro. Is it the same as last year, or are they making some tweaks?
2: I read a little stab article, thank you stab, about it, and they were breaking it down. It looks pretty similar to how they did it last year, like six-man heats, top two, you get four waves, Know, best left, best right goes as you score and then two progress going that way. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know how that's sort of going to work in the sense it's a bit of a shame they only get sort of four rides. Like, yeah. I mean, the pool sort of only lets that happen, but I wish they sort of got a little bit more than four four waves. The other thing that sort of sucks about it is they're not going to broadcast that qualifying day. Which is a bit frustrating again, mm. so you can't see many highlights. Oh, you could probably see the highlights, but you can't see it unfold. But yeah, I think it's exactly the same yeah. six man heats,
0: though. Okay, interesting. And obviously, that is going to be the return of the the ladies' tour to the uh, to the schedule. We um due to chokes, we've had you know uh, an event off talking about the ladies, but they're they're back now. And Lou, who who do you see? possibly in a good position to be to be making a charge uh, not only considering the waves of uh of the freshwater pro but maybe just the position that, that everyone's in on the rankings at the moment too
1: yeah i'd back lakey she suits the pool and she's pretty quick and just has that tight top turn that suits that little bowl of the pool and the other person would be steph obviously And just the big dogs, really, Carissa too, could do pretty well. Yeah, no, I like Lakey's form at the moment.
2: I was just thinking Lakey, but then I thought she might be a bit too big and gangly sometimes in such a small (laughs) little wave. Like, she's a taller sort of girl on the tour. Uh, I reckon Sally might have a good crack at this. That's my pick. Yeah, like Sally's a little pocket rocket. She's got a good back end whip on her too. And I feel like the Freshwater Pro, all I do is talk about the right Everyone is going to be ripping on the right. It's whoever can actually do a linking series of top turns or something on the left that gets a good score because that's where we saw Felipe fall over last year and I think that's where we're going to see the main chicks fall over this year. Sometimes, you know, I mean, Steph's always a sort of secret weapon, but yeah, I really think like Tatiana could be another call there where she has a pretty good backhand but she has a really good forehand as well that no one else can kind of do those turns that those goofies can do on that first and second section
0: yeah no i think it's such a hard one to call in it i mean and this i think is always going to be the problem with the wave pool format is you you really are splitting hairs at at the end of the day and i think a lot of the time, it is you get probably going to make a call, and it's probably going to be right. That I don't think there's going to be that many upsets in in the pool, and whether you like that or whether you don't, I mean, I'm I'd, I'm more of a fan of just having a proper wave. I'd rather see as far as a pool condition, see him go to trestles or or have a wave like macaronis, where it's it's kind of pool like and and really consistent, but there's still that natural element that that allows for the parts of surfing that everyone loves.
2: I think they've changed the wave this year again, haven't they? Do do any of you boys know if they've changed the wave? I I think they've changed the wave a little bit, but I really wish, like, I hope I see it next week, but I really wish the last barrel got turned into like a Wacoy type ramp and it it forced people to go huge or Mm. not get a score. Because I think there's a little safety barrel that no one cares for. Everyone gets the safety barrel, you get an extra point. Yeah, good, good for you.
0: I don't think a barrel should be scored out there. No,
2: I, I think I wish they had a huge ramp at the end of that, and it, or or a section that you had to go big on, mm. or you were getting a six. Basically, yeah. I think then I would start to call a lot of guys out and bring those lower ranked guys back into the conversation, where they could go for a, a huge hail mary, stomp it, and get a big score and get get sort of through the rounds.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely,
1: absolutely. Uh, I've heard they they might be changing it. I hope so, but I don't know if they could change it enough to make it interesting. <laughs> like it needs to be like an eight-foot slab on the takeoff, and then go into a J-bay wall, and then a the Waco ramp at the end. If you could combo three waves, that's what you'd want to see. Yeah, it keeps it interesting by doing it that way around.
2: Yeah, we'll see. I guess definitely. I know they will have changed the wave a little bit. Surely they have.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's uh, let's talk swell forecast, Luke. What's it gonna be like? <laughs>
1: It depends on how much they change the wave, but three foot and no wind.
0: (laughs) Ideally, no wind, unless it's blowing down the face to the left, in which case Gabby really does have it covered. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot you can really try and predict. Like we said about the the freshwater pro, let's um just hope that the the wave is kind of improved. That's what you want to see for it to get better and better each each year, every time you see it, and um. And that they keep improving the the way that you can view it. I think there's still a lot of work to be done on you know how how long it was going for and and just kind of the format. I think still can have a bit of improving. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with it this year and sort of how far it's come in in the last twelve months.
2: Hundred percent. Let's see what they do. But yeah. let's also hope that the choo-choo train doesn't break down like last
0: year. <laughs> 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 definitely um and we're we'll we'll definitely be back to to cover the the freshwater pro well
2: we won't really need to because gabby's As, already won okay yeah so we, we'll, we'll, be pre- back for we'll pre-record it
0: yeah we'll be back for friends we'll pre-record uh the freshwater pro and come back I almost said the surf Lakes pro because that is the the next thing that we have to to talk about in industry news Surflakes <laughs> getting bigger than knee high um these videos came out a couple of weeks ago of, of what the uh, the waves are starting to look like. There's a couple of different peaks. You saw saw Oki trying to grovel, and you saw a who's the bodyboarder that was that was getting barreled. Ben Player was it Ben Player? Yeah. yeah. How do you, how do we compare this to a wave like the Surf Ranch? I mean, you can see the potential there. It's obviously got a couple of different setups. Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be better? Is it going to be worse?
2: commercially viable this this model is way more commercially viable because it's got five peaks yeah. it might not be as good as everywhere else but to your average Joe it's going to be epic yeah that's about all I've got on my on the <laughs> surf wakes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in which case we'll uh, we will move on and uh, to the other pretty pretty big news in surfing is uh, the Big Wave World Tour um, being cut down in a way that there's only really Two events left and they don't go towards world title anymore um keeping jaws on a, as a specialty event and they're, they're also keeping nazare as a specialty toe event i feel a, i don't know how to feel about this i feel so so sorry for the the guys who obviously put in so much time and, and risked their lives not solely for the purpose of trying to win a big wave world tour title but there's a such a large commitment that goes into it. And I think that the th- they've kind of taken this away is something that th- they are replacing it with strike missions. So th- they're still going to be in, in the spotlight, but just, I think it's something that was only just beginning to really gain traction. And, and now they've kind of decided, obviously f- financially, it's not a viable tour because everything is done um, as you make the call. But are you going to miss watching a few of these events go down, Luke? Is it something that you're, you're interested in or are you just going to be happy with a couple of events and, and the strike missions?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing. It did seem like it was just starting to get traction, but at the same time, like, they could adopt a few slabs to make it that bit more exciting, like what the Red Bull Cape Fear contest did a few years ago. I know they tried to replicate it this year, but it uh, wasn't as exciting, but still... There's something there to that format and there's probably probably room for the two to kind of cross over and have have slabs in and those big waves like Jaws as well.
2: I think one big thing that the Red Bull contests that they do that brings like the excitement for me is I, I wish the Big Wave World Tour was a paddle or tow event. Yeah. So when they rocked up at places like Nazare or they rocked up at places like Jaws like we saw the last year, where it got too big and windy well, it's not too big and windy you just gotta tow it or you get the choice of tow and paddle and it takes that whole guesswork out of trying to get a small enough swell for Nazare and a swell that's exactly perfect for jaws Mm. they can just run it no matter what on the biggest swell that's coming if it doesn't show up properly cool we just paddle if Mm. it shows up and it's massive you tow I think that would at least take some of the guesswork out of it for them I mean yeah, I can see from their perspective, it must be really hard for them sinking so much money into the hole. Very expensive. from to rock up, have to call the comp off because it got too windy like at Jaws, mm-hmm. and then they turn it on the next day and it's, you know, two-thirds yeah. of the size and boring.
0: And I mean, looking back on it, so say over the last three or four years, how many of the events do you remember?
2: Yeah, unless it's life-threatening, no one really cares to watch it. Yeah. It's such a shame because it... It should be watched. It's crazy. Those yeah. guys are next level. We're talking about, you know, Gabriel Medina paddling in a 10-foot Chopes bomb. These guys are paddling, you know, 30, 40, 50-foot slabs at yours. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, Luke, if they poured in some crazy slabs, that'd be sick. Like, hopefully they can mix it up and someone can maybe fund it a little bit again.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that. It'll be interesting to see what they, they do with, this strike missions, which is, there what they've said is it's more of a content creation type of thing where uh, it's just going to be more of a thing to to bring people to their platforms, which is going to promote surfing in general, I think. But, um, I mean, I'm sure there's definitely some surfers there that that are really going to miss the format, and and uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, they get two really good swells for the two specialty events next year and um, we can kind of move on and forget about what, what there was and, and hopefully it's just as exciting and, and just as fun to, to watch. Um, my, my last bit of news that I have um, is uh, the ISA World Games. Heat number 17 uh, in, in the red, Kelly Slater of the USA, in the white, Geroid McDade of Ireland, in the yellow, Sidi Kamara of Senegal. And uh, in the blue, Juan Miguel Cabal of Venezuela. Kelly's in.
2: Go Senegal.
0: <laughs> so Kelly's um, obviously made his, um, his intentions clear that he does want to surf in the Olympics. And, and this is the event that you do have to, to surf in. Is he going to show up?
2: Yeah, he's going to forget to screw his fins in, paddle out, get a one wave, paddle back in. First flight back to Cali.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: Surely those boys aren't that interested in this event.
0: Not not with there being a world tour event in a week's time. Uh, it must be a hard call to make to fly over there just to show up. Yeah, Winnie.
1: Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Mister Thompson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think. Anyone on the CT gives a shit about these ISA games? It's just a hurdle so they can perform in the Olympics. It'd be interesting what Kanoa does here because obviously Japan loves him. Mm. He's pretty much getting paid to be there. It'll be he'll he'll be hanging around till the depth, and and we'll see how that affects his performance next week yep. when he's flown a million miles back the other way. But Kanoa but,
0: is number one seed. He's surfing against <laughs> um, two Israeli surfers. I don't know how Israeli they are. Yeah. My parents might be Jewish and
2: they get the passport that way, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, there could be some good surfers. It'll be interesting to see how everyone sort of pans out. I'm sure there's some underground rippers. Yeah, absolutely. Whether or not they can mix that with the top 34, we'll see. Yeah. And by C, I'll read about the results in two weeks'
1: time.
2: <laughs> 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 I'd love to tell you, Winnie, but I'll be reading the results in two weeks' time. <laughs> Does this take away from surfing, though, now that there's this little feud going between the ISA and and here? Or and, and WSL, sorry.
0: <laughs> when he's out of battery. We can have a chat. We'll finish it off. Uh, what, were we, um, what were we talking about? Uh, does
2: this take away from the ISA and the WSL, how they're having this little rift and making surfers overcommit to certain events?
0: Yeah, I think it's something that's going to... Create not so much of a, a divide. I think the the WSL surfers know that that's where the money is. Um, like, at when push comes to shove, they're always going to choose WSL over you know ISA games. I think. Yeah, well, they're going
2: to choose a crust over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And nothing. and I think, I mean, there was I can't remember how long ago this was when there was chats of the the Rebel Tour um kind of splitting off with yeah with Slater. Yeah, yeah, with Slater and and pretty much I think it was like a dozen of the the biggest names in surfing and it's it's so hard to compete against such an established um establishment <laughs> and organization. Organization, <laughs> that's the one. Um and I think yeah, just just because of that, I think the WSL is always going to have that pull and having the olympics involved is i think it is kind of the only thing that is going to create you know a reason for these surfers to to think otherwise and really that's once every four years so they might stick up like put up with it for this year but
2: they've got to do it next year too yeah have to surf next year as well in the games yeah do you reckon there'd ever be a chance of old ziffy just going i'm sick of this shit buying the isa he could do i mean he bought a wave ball the guy's got the money could you do just go, oh, i'm so done with these guys buy them and just scrap the whole thing
0: see i say not for profit yeah i don't know neither we'll look into it we'll get winnie to look into Who, it that's why you can't hear who's him at the profiting
2: off surfing yeah, well, yeah wsl's not for profit <laughs> yeah, they're, they're trying to make it but they're not getting <laughs> any of
0: it he's definitely not yeah. profiting yeah um no that, i think that's an interesting point, though. I you you don't know that guy like for, for a guy that's bought an entire sport basically and he's not present in it he he only really he only bought it because his wife enjoys watching women surfing and exactly yeah i don't think that is a healthy investment to have in the sport it's it's great to have but i don't think it's sustainable because it's it's going to come to a point no matter how much money you've got when you're looking at the millions that you're losing per year on this the guy's a millionaire for A billionaire for a reason it's because he's good with money
2: yeah let's just hope that points no time soon and we can keep riding this wave of success in surfing yeah as in success that the guys at the top of the level of are doing great but the whole industry's crashing but
0: that's a different story (laughs) (laughs) and on that uh positive note we'll uh we'll end and uh nico thanks for your, your positivity good chat no worries mate thanks for having me and uh lukey insert goodbye here <laughs> see you Luke. <laughs>